0: Aloha, and welcome to Thumbing Through Yesterday, the podcast where we take our favorite books off the shelf, dust them off, and remind ourselves why it is we love them so. My name's Tom Galley. Joining me today, we've got Tony Pasculi. Happy to be here, as always. And what do you have for us today? Uh, today, we're going to
1: talk about The Girl of the Sea of Cortez, which is, which is, in a way, a response to Jaws by the author of Jaws, Peter Benchley.
0: I... Uh, I was not aware that Peter Benchley had a writing career outside of Jaws. He did. He okay. wrote extensively. Uh, yeah. Did you read Jaws, by the way? I have not read Jaws, um, but I have read... Are you familiar with Uncle John's Bathroom Readers? Yes, I am. There's an extended <laughs> passage in one of those books about Peter Benchley's struggle to get Jaws published. Really? Yeah. Oh, I haven't read that. That's interesting. So that's as much as I have ever read, you know, on the subject of Peter Benchley. <laughs> I I am surprised it was
1: an extended struggle, because Jaws is a pretty good book, and it is a ripping read. It is quite fun, Uh, and, you know, it was a bestseller even before the movie, um, and then a huge bestseller after the movie, Mm -hmm. and uh, and it was, I think, his first novel, and he went on to write a series of thrillers afterwards, uh, some of which you may have heard of, The Deep, Mm -hmm. about... um, uh, drug smugglers and scuba divers and uh, a book called Beast uh, about a, a Caribbean island which is terrorized by a giant squid uh, and one called The Island about modern day pirates and one called White Shark about a weird Nazi experiment of a fish man mm. uh, and they're all pretty pulpy and trashy and a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoy them all. And um, but one of the things that um, that he really took to heart is is he got just raked over the coals by uh, marine biologists for his depiction of sharks as as being aggressive and cruel and territorial and and uh, man eaters, which they largely aren't. And he really took that to heart. And he went out and he got invited on a bunch of expeditions. He went out and he swam with sharks. He learned a lot about them. Uh, And he ended up writing a nonfiction book about sharks uh, called Shark Trouble, I think. Uh, Mostly about his adventures diving with sharks and so on and trying to sort of redeem sharks in the eyes of the general public after sort of tarnishing them with jaws. Yeah. Um, And then on one of these, he had an encounter with a giant manta, and that inspired him to write this novel. And it's the exact opposite of Jaws in so yeah. many ways.
0: Well, the, uh, the the Kindle version that I downloaded had some bonus content at the end, which oh, includes yeah. a, a fairly lengthy discussion about this the event. Yeah. Um, basically, what happened to the girl in the story happened to him and his expedition in real life. I yeah. mean, they, they, there was actually a time when there was a, a wounded giant manta that took shelter under their boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of the crew, I think it was his wife, actually went down and ministered to the Manta, which didn't fly away, and then took her on a swim. And then it hung around (laughs) for a couple of days, giving them all swims. And they've got footage of this. You know, I'm reading it, I'm thinking, this is utter BS. Who does he think he's... And then I turn the the, the virtual page and there's a photograph of it. And there's another photograph of it and another photograph of it. And and apparently there's miles of film of it. Wow. It's
1: it's remarkable. So so the book the book the girl of the Sierra Cortez is about a girl who lives on the coast of Sierra Cortez, which is the the inland waterway between it's the Gulf of California, this is the Gulf of California, Baja California, California yeah. and Mexico proper. Yeah, uh, and and she's someone who's raised by her dad to to appreciate the ocean for what it is. And most of the people in her village are fishermen, and they live, uh, the distinction he makes is between people who live on the water and people who are of the water. Mm-hmm. People who are on the water, are afraid of the water, they go out there, they fish it, they don't know anything about it, they don't explore it, they drop their hooks in, they drag stuff up. Uh, and that is the extent of their relationship with the undersea world. And Paloma, the main character, is someone who is of the water, and she spends every day diving and just exploring and seeing what's down there just because she loves it. Uh, and it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Yep.
0: So why, the, the everlasting question, why is this a favorite?
1: <laughs> it, you know, it's interesting. Uh, this, of all the books that we're going to talk about, is probably my most recent addition to my favorites list. So uh, we're thumbing through yesterday and sort of my, uh, my personal definition of yesterday is 20 years ago. Uh, and this book was published way more than 20 years ago, but I think I first read it maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, so in that sense, it's cheating a little bit. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, But I have read it probably half a dozen times since I discovered it 10 years ago. Mm. Uh, I just read it over and over, and I love it. Um, And again, it's like, like White Fang. It doesn't have a lot of narrative drive to it, and yet I find it completely gripping... At every moment. There's a there's a plot that happens later, like halfway through the book, there's a plot that sort of stumbles into being of her brother who wants to, you know, fish the manta ray and fish the sea mount, and, yep. and that becomes her adversary. But until then, it's just a series of encounters in the sea that yep. have no connection or purpose or forward motion,
0: and yet I find it utterly riveting anyway. So, yep. The... Uh, that moment that you're talking about, that that plot, mm. um, you know. So we've we've got the brother character who is a thoroughly <laughs> thoroughly unlikable character. Yes. Um, you know, and well, we never get to see inside anyone's head, of course, except for Paloma's. Yeah. Um, a little bit into her father's head. Yeah. Yeah, but she, when we as as readers, when we as as you know mature human beings in the audience, see the brother apparently make an overture. Yeah. to her we know immediately something's amiss yes. and you know I'm crying out no don't do it <laughs> and yet you know in her we we see her inner dialogue and in her you know her belief in in the goodness of people and her wanting to have a friend and and all these various things she's like yes I will make this choice I will I will Take it as it is presented, and I will try to trust my brother. I will try to be a friend to my brother. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it turns out, as we all knew it would, that yeah. he's simply being, you know, devious and evil. He's he's cartoonishly evil.
1: Uh, yeah. And and the only sort of, I guess, redemptive thing about him is that his friends are worse.
0: <laughs> his friends are worse. They f- His friends have no respect for him. Had he not a boat with a motor on it, yeah. they wouldn't be his friends, you know, yeah. um, and, you know, I can kind of identify with that, trying to to find some way to make people respect you, don't make people look up to you. Um, he's doing all the wrong things, but he has no yeah. role model to show him any other things to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, their father dies when they're both quite young uh, and and definitely favorites Paloma, and that's a continual source of friction and jealousy between the two of them after the father's yeah. gone. But, you know, uh, Joe, the brother— uh, Attacks her in a way that seriously threatens her life and then leaves her for dead. And it's like, how do you do that to anyone, let alone your own family? That's just, it's horrific. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Now that particular moment uh, leads into a chunk of the book that um, doesn't make sense and doesn't need to be there. Oh, what's that? Um, So he's he's done his attack. You you know, know, she's... In the ocean underneath her P-Row, and he pokes a hole in the bottom of the p yeah. with the spear and then sails away, right? So there's, there's this extended passage where she writes the P-Row, yeah. patches the hole, has to bail it out becomes so fatigued in the process of bailing out that she lets go of it and begins to drift away. But she's not worried because she knows she can swim back. Yeah. Then as she starts to try to swim back, she gets a terrible cramp. So she stops swimming and drifts further away until the cramp relaxes. So she starts trying to swim back again and gets another, even worse, terrible cramp. Yeah. So she relaxes and drifts away. And eventually the tide changes and carries her back to the p Doesn't work. Because the entire reason he got pissed off and attacked her and holed her boat was because... She had been moored, she had been anchored at the seamount. Yeah. He had followed, they had followed her out there. He had lashed his line to her anchor line. Yeah. She had sneakily pulled up her anchor and they had begun to drift away. And he realized they had drifted off the seamount. Um, So they abandon her, they go try to find it. They can't try to find it. They can't find it. They come back and threaten her and then she won't help them. That's the attack. Yeah. She is not moored to anything. Correct. So there is no way the current carried her away from the Piro. There's no way the current,
1: uh, there's no way the Piro was yeah. there
0: for her to struggle back to. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's a sequence that, I mean, it, it reaffirms for us that she is a uh, uncharacteristically clear-minded youth. Yes. Um, and that she has a very accurate appraisal, both of the dangers of the area and of her own abilities. But we've, we've been given that already in large doses.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind that section. I would have to think about. I mean, the mechanics of because you know, uh, I've certainly been in the ocean and and gotten away from things that were like I flip over a kayak and it's moving in the opposite direction of me somehow, and there's no current there, it's like you know just the ac- random action of the waves is separating us somehow. Um, but uh, but I like I like the fact that. The, the, yeah, that the ocean is something that she's not afraid of that that her brother in that situation would die. Uh, yep. and and she does not. and she would die if she didn't keep her head about her, but she does.
0: She does you and, know and this, this speaks to the the competent man, I guess the yeah, competent yeah. girl in this case, but yeah.
1: she' she is literally opposite of the protagonist of to build a fire. <laughs> yeah, <Yep. laughs> she 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 knows her environment. She respects her environment, uh, and she is well adapted to her environment. And she doesn't panic when something goes wrong in her environment. So all the mistakes the man to build a fire makes. Um, so yeah, so I like I like that sequence. I like that sequence, but yeah,
0: yeah, it annoyed me. <laughs> and because of that, because it, it, and again, it seemed unnecessary. It seemed like you know he wanted to just really make sure we got the point that she was something yeah. special. But I felt like that had, had been well established.
1: The, the thing that annoyed me, uh, there was one thing that annoyed me, which I had no memory of until I read it again, was that the manta, after she heals it and it comes back and she saves it from her brother, uh, and it takes her on a ride, and then it takes her down to where some uh, pearl oysters are. It's like,
0: what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, if miracles are happening anyway.
1: But that that bespeaks a level of intelligence sophistication that I think even manta rays are not capable of. I mean, yes, take a human for a ride. Yes, recognize that it's your friend and it's trying to help you. Uh, Yes, somehow magically know the limits of its breathing. Okay, all of that I'm okay with, although it's all a little dubious. But, oh, maybe as a reward I can give it some, you know, some of these oysters. How how,
0: how would it know she valued oysters? Especially Um, pearl-bearing oysters. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, that whole Pearl plotline didn't pay off for me. Yeah, that was, yeah. It basically got put in there just for that miraculous ending, as far as I could tell. Yeah. Um, although, in a way, it did show, you know, she had some level of devotion to the mother, um, even though she couldn't bond with the mother. That was
1: nice. That was, that was a, I think that's one of the things I like about this book also, is that, it's this person, this young person, who's making their way in the world, but they are leading a very lonely existence because nobody gets them. It's the ultimate YA novel, in a sense, yeah, of of just you know, I'm different and nobody gets yeah. me, and and that's literally true for her because, for one thing, weirdly, she's the only girl her age on the island, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know, all everyone else, everyone else, well, her father was kind of a renegade. Uh, and so she's got that to deal with. Her father was a weirdo, and she inherits her father's weirdness. And so she doesn't fit in. She doesn't fit in with the women. Uh, and the women are all obsessed with domestic chores. And she doesn't fit in with the men because they won't have her, and she's not interested in killing fish. And so she's just utterly, utterly alone. Yeah. yeah. But she has the sea. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> the sea in a pyro.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh. I didn't find, I mean, it was it was an enjoyable read. I didn't find it satisfying at the end. Interesting. Um, because whatever has happened there, right? The, the manta ray comes back as the spirit of vengeance and, <laughs> and, and drives off her brother and his two friends. Oh, and smashes their fishnet. Smashes their boat and, the, and destroys the net, right? So, I yeah. mean, Joe, whose aspiration was to get enough money that he could make it to Mexico and actually become educated. Yes. Um, Okay, so that's right out the window now. Yeah. Um, they have you no know, fishing boat, which was their sole method of income. So the yeah. family, the entire family is now at risk. But it doesn't stop anything because the other fishermen already knew that these three boys had something going on. They, they had brought home this exceptionally large haul the night before and it hadn't gone yeah. unnoticed Um the other two, even if Joe somehow learns his lesson in humility and decides to, you know, completely reshape his personality and and do whatever comes next, you've got those other two out there who weren't any better than him. Um, there's three people who know where that seamount is who are fisher people. Yeah. They're going back. Yeah. They might be scared today, but it won't take very many days. They're going back. There is no long-term solution here. Everyone's worse off. Um, at the end, there's there's this glorious moment of, of vengeance and triumph and, yep. and, you know, magnificence, but it doesn't lead anywhere. There's a great quote by somebody, I can't remember
1: who said it, uh, that said, basically, the difference between a happy ending and a tragic ending is where you stop telling the story. <laughs> I guess I could see that. And, you know, I mean, this is a this is a nominally a happy ending because it ends with her victory, but it ends very abruptly, like you say. What happens when she gets back to shore? Yep. You know, her brother's going to try to kill her. Or if, she, if her brother doesn't, uh, her his friends are. Uh, yeah. yeah. Life is not going to be pleasant for her in the village ever, ever again. Not uh, that it's
0: been great so far, but it's certainly going to get worse. It's
1: going to get much worse. I mean, certainly if her brother doesn't attack her and— uh, and she lives through uh, her, his friend's vengeance. They're uh, going to destroy her Pyro, and she won't have access to the sea anymore. And that was something that was carved for her, especially from a single log by her father. It's not something she can she can easily replicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, as you say, that there was a short term blip in the attack on the seamount, so that's certainly going to happen again. And, uh, and she is going to be alienated from her community even more than she
0: already is. Yep. And again, her family is going to suffer, her mother is going to suffer for this. Yes. You know, Joe goes from being the the captain of his boat, whatever you know, tiny little boat it was. But he's now what's he going to do? He's going to have to hire out on somebody else. Certainly, it's going to be a loss of wages, which yeah. there weren't all that many of to begin with. Yep, yep. This this is a I don't know if I've ever tried to say this word out loud before, but a pyrrhic victory. Pyr- oh, pyrrhic. I think pyrrhic? it's pyrrhic. Is it pyrrhic. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I see it in print and have used it in writing, <laughs> but I don't think I've ever said it out loud before.
1: Yeah, P-Y-R-R-H-I-C, I think. Yeah, well, that's that's another thing that's weirdly appealing to me about this book, is that it's, it is very, this moment in time, this this brief moment of happiness for her, even before the plot happens, is ephemeral. It's a very fleeting happiness. Yeah. Because suppose none of that stuff happens, then what's her life? She just gets older. Yeah, she's yeah. older and now she's a woman and, uh, you know, her mom dies. And what? How is she going to eat now? Uh, um, no one's going to support her. She doesn't participate in the village. She doesn't, you know, she has no support network. She has no friends. Uh, she's going to go and spend all her days on the water. <laughs> and, and what? And at 17, that's kind of a glorious thing. Or I don't know how old she is, 16, 17, somewhere in there, I think. I don't
0: even remember if they gave us the,
1: yeah. the number. But at, But at 40, I mean, what? what come on is that that's your life Uh, yeah I don't know yeah this
0: is an awful book
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's it's uh, it's
0: I don't know I love it (laughs) there, there are definitely things that are appealing about it to me um he went a little heavy handed that, that first time that she goes on a dive with with a yeah. number of truly fantastic things that she happens to witness on that particular dive. Um, and again, you can see that, that he's just in a hurry. The author's just in a hurry to let us experience what wonders it is that she experiences. What keeps her going back out to that, yeah. that reef day after day after day?
1: I don't know. The Sea of Cortez is supposed to be pretty spectacular. It's it's like, you know, just a very, very large Hanama Bay uh, the first time I was at Hanama Bay, I was just I was blown away. It's like being in a tropical fish tank. It's mm-hmm. like, how can there really be this many fish? Just like bam, right there.
0: Wow, how long so, has it been since I've been out there? You gotta get out there, man. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta get out there. <laughs> so we have plans for tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Uh you gotta make reservations now. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All
0: right.
1: They're trying to cut down on the uh trying to cut down on the traffic. We got a big, big rebound in um in the fish population during the pandemic, so there was much less traffic out there, and they're like, "Hey, let's hang on to that." Yeah, so <laughs> you do have to make reservations. They don't take big buses out there anymore, and yeah, so
0: excellent. Yeah,
1: uh, anything else? Anything else? You, so you didn't you didn't really like this, and that's and that
0: is okay. Well, it's I did not dislike this. It was an enjoyable <laughs> read. Um, when we got to the end, uh, I felt unsatisfied. Um, I'll so we'll probably go out and, and give another Benchley a, a shot. Um.
1: I think he's worth reading. I think I would say either either Jaws or Shark Tales. Jaws is you know it's very much Jaws is pretty pulpy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's a it's a notch above, say, Beast <laughs> About a giant squid. Uh, which I also really enjoy. However, so I
0: think they made that as a television movie in the in the oh they probably 80s did. Or early and it 90s, can't possibly I be remember good. that. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a fine read. And again, it was it was quick. It was a nice page turner. Yeah. Um, also very short, very short book. Yeah, you're right. The the villain was cartoonish. Yeah. Um, and to, to draw that actually draws another parallel to "Half Spacesuit Will Travel." What was the
1: Oh, the the worm people. I forget what their names were.
0: Well, you had two, yeah, but they they were just you know un, unflinchingly evil. But I was actually thinking about the person in the malt shop. The uh, oh, Ace, 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 yeah. Ace, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. So Joe and Ace could hang out together. Yeah. I think yeah, <laughs> yeah. All
1: right, uh, All right, another another quick one. Uh, I don't, I don't think I have anything else on this. I just, you know, it's a, uh, it's a fast, quick read. If you want to sort of uh, get a, get a sense of, I mean, this makes me want to go to the Sea of Cortez. <laughs> you know, it just does. And I don't scuba dive and I'm not certified, but I would get certified to, to dive here.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. It does. It does paint a fantastic picture yeah. and it does make me think I should grab my snorkel mask off the yeah. shelf and yeah. get back out in the water <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So what's next? Oh, uh, what's next? Since I enjoyed this trip down when I was a young lad <laughs> so very much, I want to stay in that same neighborhood. Um, the next is actually a compilation book edited by Robert Lynn Aspirin. Wait, wait. Myth Adventures? No. Hmm. Thieves' World. Thieves'
1: World. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Great. That's a look forward right. to. See you all in two weeks. See you in two weeks.